Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Preacher fans, the only dudes who could ever teach me were some guys who were preacher fans. Yes, they were. They were. Oh, yes, they were. That's a podcast theme right there. Welcome to Preacher Man, a podcast about AMC's Preacher. It is time to go to church. It is Sunday. We're racking up the pews. What? We're yeah, this guy gets getting church. our Bibles and thumping yep. them. Yeah. Nice. Nice. What you do? Real church guy. Uh, I'm Jewish and I'm Alex. <laughs> uh, I'm Justin and nothing. And uh, it is a Sunday morning. We're recording this uh, on. And uh, Pete's got his hot soup. Yeah, I am Pete. Yeah, what's going on, Pete? You why uh, why is this a bit? Well, it's, it's not, not a, a bit. It's very real. <laughs> Pete showed, we're recording in my basement right now, and Pete showed up with a hot canister of soup. Well, like, that's how a suit comes when you stop by the, you know. Yeah, but Chinese it's a hot restaurant. day outside. It's been like blistering all week. It was a little nice this morning, I gotta be honest. But mm. it got hot and muggy. I think the humidity is around ninety three percent. Wow, what a and, guess. Uh, approximately the human yeah. barometer and your first thought was i want a hot soup for lunch no my hot first thought was soup. i'm hungry there's nothing else open i'm stopping at this chinese food restaurant wait hold soup. on sorry you went to a chinese food restaurant and you're like give me literally the hottest thing you have in the morning it's 11:30 well noon actually so it's no longer morning but you were got that in the morning i, I just want to say soup. it's really nice that at, uh, right at the start of the podcast we gave the humidity of the time <laughs> <laughs> The yeah, that's drive. useful. That's useful. Yeah. Let's jump in, talk about this episode Can of we? Preacher Guaranteed to Stop Any Coffin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but first, we'll do a little bit of recap leading up to this point. So Jesse, Tulip, and Cassidy are all currently residents of Angelville, which is run by an evil lady named Grandma and her two henchmen, TC and Jody. Nice. I mean, that's fair, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's basically Marie like a cartoon. They got an old guy, uh, old person who's constantly hatching schemes and got the two dumb henchmen always backing her up. Yeah. yeah, it's classic basically like uh, what would you say, gummy bears? <laughs> I honestly don't uh, know I what you're talking about. Episode proves it's not gummy bears. Sure. It's a little creepy with the relationship. Yeah, stuff. this is the first episode that proves the preacher is not gummy bears. Uh, anyway, so they're at Angelville. <laughs> uh, they, Cassidy has been leaving and coming back and being told to leave and come back uh, because they found out he's a vampire. Uh, he eventually ended up escaping by wearing somebody else's skin. Classic. Tulip decided to stay to back up Jesse, uh, and they decided to team up. 
and take down, well, maybe not take down grandma, but at least fight back a little bit is sort of what's going on at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll probably cover the rest going into it. But as we kick off. Oh, well, there's one other thing we should say. Um, gummy bears are a, a snack first. And then yeah. there's a Disney cartoon where they're oh, yeah. bouncing in medieval here and times. there and everywhere. Yeah, I know. Ooh, I like gummy bears. That slipped into a song there for Pete. Um, they would drink a magic potion. They could bounce. Yep. Yep. Just like us. Yeah. Uh, no, I've been searching for that magic potion my whole life. Yeah? Yeah. You got to go to, what is it, Gummy Forest or something like it's that? It's really hard to find that forest, mm-hmm. guys. Uh, no, it's tequila for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's your gummy berry juice. Yeah, sweet. So should we jump into the episode? Justin, you want to walk us through it? Uh, yeah, let's uh, jump into it. Uh, this started. Um, this episode started in a, uh, a Pete-centric fashion with a grand fist fight. Well, it starts with Tulip doing a little snooping. and then A we, little snooping. Yeah, yeah, and then there's kind of a romantic moment with Jesse and Tulip, and they're like, you want to? Which wanna is like a different type of snooping. Yeah. Romance, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought Snooping it was adorable. Around. And they were like, you ready to brawl? And they just kind of looked at each other in a loving moment. And I was like, oh, look at them taking on yeah. the world together. Fight is sex and sex is fight. Yeah. What, mix them up. What's the difference? <laughs> oh, I think geez. there's a big difference. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's a big difference. I've never too. noticed one. This anytime. is not the time for that suggestion, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so they have a, a big old fist fight with uh, Jody and TC. Amazing. The the stunt coordination, the fighting, the music. Well, uh, Pete, Werewolves I, of London. Is yeah, yeah. yeah. Pete, true. you and I were talking about this a little bit earlier in the week. And one thing that Preacher excels at throughout its run is these one, almost one shot, one room fight sequences yeah. where so many things are going on at the same time. They swing the camera around. They catch everything. They're extremely well done. Yeah. Really, really well done. And they seem very fun. It's one of the sh- few shows I feel like on TV where the fights are like super fun. Uh, there's an improvised flamethrower in this. Oh which, man, that was crazy. And uh, then which it was, was like the, the hair dryer with a roll of toilet paper around it. Yeah, what was it? It was a found items fight or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so TC pulls out, actually makes a flamethrower weapon, and then Tulip pulls out a used razor and what was the other item? I don't know, some kind of hair scrunchie or something. Yeah, yeah hair like, scrunchie. What? It was just and, a distraction move. It right, she fantastic. just kicks him in the balls and knocks him down. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's great. The whole yeah. thing was great. Uh, really still, was. they kind of lose, unfortunately. Oh, okay. Jesse and Tulip. Yeah. yeah, Jesse and Tulip lose. And the, the prompt of the fight was that Cassidy's gone. Right. They know that he's gone missing, and so they're pissed. Yes. Uh, so they head downstairs. Uh, they end up capturing Jesse, and they end up throwing him in the coffin, which is something that uh, happened when he was a kid all yeah. the time. Yeah. I think we've seen flashes of it on the show, right? We did. I that was, so. I think, maybe the first thing we learned of Angelville right. was Jesse in the coffin as a kid. Um, and what a weird punishment to just have. I guess. It's got to be one of the scariest punishments you yeah. can do. Do you think it started where they were like, okay, you're going to have to get in this coffin, and then he would get out. So they were like, okay, fine. We're going to put, put the coffin underwater. Yeah. yeah. I think it was all at once. I think, think so? they were just like, put that coffin underwater. Let's do this. Wow. And then later they were like, oh, yeah, it needs a breathing tube. Now, do you Good guys ad. have special punishments for your kids like that? Uh, great question, Pete. Yeah. Uh, I also use a coffin. No, uh, yeah, smart. I mean, as you know, I live by a lake, so it's pretty easy to install yeah. the coffin there. That big uh-huh. Brooklyn lake. Yep. Uh, and as a voodoo practitioner named Grandma, that's my professional name, right. this is a weird coincidence. No, wow. that's fun. Yeah. How about um, you? And then I do this uh, sort of psychological torture where I just have a pee on loop swearing at <laughs> me, my daughter's father, and I just play that for her. Wow, that's a punishment. Be really? Yeah. 
Yeah. Because I've uh, we've come over before and heard you waterboarding your kids. Yeah. Jesus. Also, what? How do you know the sound of water? Well, yeah. you can tell. Also, I like the fact what? that you said kids because he has one kid who's coming down the road. So clearly, he's like, I'm just going to waterboard my unborn child. Yeah. 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 That's fucked up. That's what a statement, Pete. Well, all right, man. Yeah, you you're like the Dick Cheney school. of this podcast. Yeah. Wow. No, and we've been saying that for a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is unrelated. It's just because you... Uh, but you've always had a Dick Cheney on this podcast. Even yes. in the early days, it was Dick Cheney. Yeah, yeah uh, before you, right? Yeah, During I took season over one, if you guys go back and listen. When he got yeah, shot in the face, I took over. I think yeah, that's oh, how yeah. and we were like, oh, this makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Dick Cheney was like, uh, I don't read comics. I, uh, I don't even watch the show. Yeah. I just like waterboarding people. <laughs> what? He does. He does. That's his whole I thing. I didn't know that about him. He loves him. it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. vice president. You knew he was shot in the face, but you didn't know he was a waterboarder? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> Even right. though you made that joke about waterboarding. Yeah, you're the one talking about waterboarding. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah. guys brought up Are you mixing shit. up boogie boarding and waterboarding? Because they're similar. Mm, I once. boogie board my children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice of you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great stuff. Let's cut all that we just talked about. <laughs> uh, so Jesse's in the coffin. Uh, <laughs> and he has his uh, daydream, kind of his go-to. Hold on, that's in a little bit. Um, okay. And then we jump to sort of the other whole story that's going on. Hair Star um, and Humperdue, um, who is the uh, Christ, the descendant of Christ, the uh, Messiah that has been foretold. But he's not very good. No, now, not very we, bright. We haven't met the All-Father yet, right? This is the first episode where we meet the All-Father. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I believe okay. so. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm getting very confused this episode because there's a ridiculous amount of comic book stuff that is introduced yep. and does happen very specifically in this episode where we've been going a little afield. Like there's been touches of things the past couple of episodes, little visual cues, but this is stuff that's straight out of the comic. So to be perfectly honest, there's stuff in my brain where I'm like, have I seen that before? I think we've seen that before, but I don't remember. But the All-Father is obese. Yes. I mean, I think it's fair to say that. I know we're trying to be politically correct in our society and whatever, but that guy eats too much. He does eat a lot, and he doesn't seem to mind um, that he is engorging himself on food. That's kind of his deal. Yeah, he's disgusting, uh, but he is overseeing the whole Humperdue project. He wants to reveal Humperdue to the world, and Hairstar uh, needs to rile up the troops in order to get Humperdue to work. Uh, Things immediately go bad with the first test when Humperdue is meeting who we think is the Queen of England. Turns out to be an actor of there's a lot of actors of dignitaries that he's supposed to beat. Uh, he gets so enamored with her ring, he ends up sticking her finger in his mouth and sucking her ring off, and it's gross. Yeah. It is super gross. But there yeah. was that funny moment where it's like, okay, actors, hold. Hold all actors. That was a fun moment where you realize yeah, well, yeah, all, all the stuff with the grail is hilarious. It is episode. very fun. And, and Hairstar was set up last season to be this like horrifying villain. Mm-hmm. And then mo- mostly after that end of the season, he's just like a, the comic relief. He hates his job. You know, he really yeah, he's hates- like a murderous uh, middle manager. Um, managing the rise of the the Messiah. And I'd say in that, I know you haven't read the comic, Justin, but that's very on par with how they treat them in the books, that they are supposed to be this overwhelming organization. They are supposed to be all-encompassing, have their fingers everywhere. But in a very lackadaisical way, Jesse and Cassidy and Tulip always mess up their plans. Yeah. It's honestly, it's a lot like snorks. If you think about it, like it's very similar in terms of the way they treated the villains on that show. Yeah. The overarching, uh, organization and snorks, uh, trying to give the rise to the double snork 
top ten. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that was Snorks was actually the original waterboarding. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. it's actually worse. Uh, Rewatching Snorks is worse than being waterboarded. Oh man, how could a Smurfs ripoff set underwater be bad? (laughs) (laughs) I like they were like, well, they need something on their head to stick up. That's the whole thing with Smurfs. Right, the people love that. They love how they have those hats. They go, but doof. And it was the Snorks. Is that, is that how their hats go? Yeah, but dope. Huh. Snor- How's that work on an audio podcast, by the way? Yeah, no, it did. Okay. I think people get it. Uh, the Snork Snorkels were never for breathing, though. That's what never really made That's sense. What I they, thought were they were always underwater. Oh, is that what they were? Yeah. They were you snorkels? You know what snork is? Yes. Almost the entire word snorkel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never got that until right wow. now. For those of you born any time in the last 20 years who listen to this podcast, you can Sorry. Google all of these things. <laughs> Google is a search engine online. It's oh, like uh, Snapchat, but more, well, more so. Cool. Uh, we learn right after um, we see Humperdoo um, mouth make out with uh, the queen's finger that um, he can tap. He's a yeah. tapper. His one skill is fantastic soft shoe. Yes. Uh, I love this, and I love uh, I love all the folks involved in the growl. I love the I'm blanking on their names, but the the man and the woman who we've seen over the course of the seasons. The man is played by a guy named Malcolm Barrett. He is on the show Timeless, that is much beloved but twice canceled. Uh, Man, that dude can play. Oh, he's great. He's 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 fantastic and hilarious, and she's fantastic and hilarious. She comes in uh, punched in the nose, and her star's like, "What happened to you?" And she's like, uh, to love. Mm-hmm. And just the whole relationship, the whole thing is so uh, something that, to be perfectly honest, that takes me out of the show a little bit, but also is part and parcel with it is how breezy it is. Why does it take you out of the show? It takes me out of the show because I can't necessarily there get emotionally involved. Uh, that I enjoy it. It's fun to watch, but because nobody really cares about anything that's going on, I don't necessarily care on an emotional level about what's oh, going wow. on. Well, they seem to, like Agent Featherstone specifically, she's like, they seem to be ready to die at any moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but it definitely makes their stakes a little bit. And she's sure. really into Hairstar. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and Agent Barrett, uh, for lack of a better, his actual <laughs> name, is yeah. really into her. Yeah. Yes. So classic love, love triangle. It's classic right love triangle. Oh, I love it. I love it. You love love, love I triangles. Love, I love He's love triangles. So many love triangles. It's crazy. He doesn't have any interest in paying off. Yeah. Wow. He's it's the like, Eddie. He's the if you took, He's the uh, yeah. If you took all the love triangles involved in, it's basically like a love octagon. If you fit them together. Yeah. Well, man. Like you know that when people are like, "Welcome to the octagon," they're talking about Alex's love life. Wow. <laughs> Is that? <laughs> <laughs> when do people say that? Welcome to the octagon. Yeah, yeah that's like a time. fighting term. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Do they fight in octagons? Yeah. Yeah. Don't you watch MMA? Times have changed. Uh, wow. <laughs> Old time <laughs> Zelda. When I was a kid, it was all squares. You fought in squares. The squared circle. So Too many sides. Alex just used his real voice for the first time. Yes, this is where I talk. Uh, so Cassidy uh, has been on the. He's on the run now. Right. He's uh, loose. He has no friends anymore. Uh, um, so what does he do? He signs up for a dating app. Yeah, the old online dating. A vampire connector app. And we, he has this uh, date that you think is going really well. Yeah, well, let, let me ask you about that date. Did you think at any point that she was actually a vampire? Yes, I did. Oh, really? Because okay. with the way she, in the beginning she was like, seemed really into it. And then I was like, oh, my God, I think she's a vampire, too. 
And I was I like, did, how I cool agree. is that? I thought it was. Like an okay. online I thought we were apparent. getting into a no, whole new underbelly of the preacher verse. We and will instead, be. she uh, was a faker. Yeah. And she has faith. Here, here's why he I thought pretty much from the beginning it. that she was not a vampire, that she no. was faking in some way, is because we are at the point in Cassidy's story where he can only get lower. Like, he's definitely at a really low point, but I don't think things are going to get better for him anytime soon. I think they're just going to get worse. Wow, that's a weird way to look at Cassidy as a whole. I love Cassidy. I think Joseph Gilgan is fantastic. Yeah, he is amazing. But as a character, he's been forced away from the main trio. Yeah. Uh, he is on his own, and to have things go better for him seems like the wrong oh, arc I at this point of the saying. season. Okay. Uh, My I two mean, sets. I feel like he's the most interesting character to me. So, like, I wish that I liked. I wish they had brought the the love triangle between um, Cassidy, Jesse, and Tulip to a little bit more of a head. Uh, it's coming, my friend. Yeah, no, I'm sure it is, but I, it's they're pushing him away in a way that I don't feels odd if they're just going to bring him back. Well, there's this whole thing that you got to discover, like you talked about the underground belly. Yeah. I mean, did you freak out when he grabbed her by the throat and was like, "You're a fucking poser"? That shit was insane. Yeah, he's angry. Yeah, he has hundreds of years of anger. Can we get back to the triangle for a second? Because I'm an expert in triangles and I love them, as we've already established. Uh, I don't think it's really a triangle, though. That's the thing. I mean, that's why it's okay for him to go on his own because Tulip's not into it. Right. Tulip's not into it. Tulip loves Jesse. Jesse loves Tulip. They have their own issues. But Cassidy is this side thing. You know, he's in love with Tulip. That is what a triangle is. But (laughs) there's a missing edge of the triangle. It's more an arc. It's a it's an A without well, it might a line be an invisible it. line to Tulip, but it's a line for him. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a line going in one direction. Yeah, there's a line going in one direction. There's a line going in another direction. You're missing that third line. See again, I'm an expert in triangle triangles. No, we're saying there is a line mathematically. Triangle. So you think Jesse is in love with Cassidy? You dick. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway, learn some math. All oh, right. Wow. That's all I'm saying. No, uh, learn an octagon. Uh, Touche. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah. Fair so enough. he confronts her in the bathroom in this insane way. Basically, yeah. threatens her life. They're hooking up, and then they're not. She runs out, very upset, yeah. but still not super freaked out by the fact that she just encountered a real right. Vampire. But Agent Featherstone is in disguise as a tourist, watching the entire just time. Wasted after that, right? That, that is a ridiculous disguise that she was in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, they the Grail ends up taking him, and then they lose him to another group. This is jumping ahead to the end yeah. of the episode, but I think we can do that. That's yeah. fair. Whatever uh, we want, man. Yeah. Well. It's We're all for a game. This tape. It's all good, bro. Yeah. So uh, another group ends up taking him, and it's uh, the children of the night, children of the blood, blood. children of blood, uh, enfants, l'enfant de sang. Uh, what wow. just happened? Uh, uh, children of blood. Have been mixed. Well, it's in New Orleans, and New Orleans is a Cajun place, and uh, they have French, and oh. they speak French. You can tell Alex is out over his skis a little bit because he gets real <laughs> quiet. <in the> mic. <laughs> <laughs> New Orleans. Which is Cajun? Saturans? That's a very upstate. Uh, uh, beignets yeah. and such. What? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Uh, but no, you are right. Uh, yeah. So it makes sense. Uh, New Orleans traditionally um, is the home of vampires in America, as we all know. Wait, yeah. we all know that? Yeah, everybody knows that. Yeah. Have you been? No. Oh, you got to go. 
Yeah. Real blood drinking town. Yeah. Mm. There, there's a little less after, well, Katrina. I'm yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're an asshole, dude. What the fuck? Does it make any sense? Wow, dude. It's so horrible. Wow. Uh, so, <laughs> just uh, so yeah, it, it is. It's a funny uh, sort of back and forth. They Cassidy's blind drunk, um, and yeah. he gets kidnapped by Grail, and they're like, "Let's make a video," because they're trying to get Jesse to become their Messiah. Right. Hair Star is trying because he hates Humperdue. He's rejecting the All Fathers uh, sort of. But well, All Father loves it. Yeah, but he loves Humperdue. He's smart right. to hate Humperdue because he's like. People won't get behind this guy. Yeah. He's too dumb to present to the world as this is the savior. So he wants Jesse to come back. The thing is, we haven't talked about Genesis at all this season. Right. We also uh, have talked about the fact that there is a Hitler running around. Episode 7. Episode 7 is all about Hitler. Uh, um, yeah. I believe the killers. title of the episode is Hitler. Oh, <laughs> man. So. The Saint of Killers is is chasing down yep. uh, Hitler, and we assume, we don't know exactly. Yeah, we don't but, know space. Right. Uh, R-Space and Hitler. Uh, so I think what by episode seven, so a couple more weeks, but we'll get there. And I, I, wasn't on, I wasn't on the podcast when you guys talked about the last episode, but man, that scene with the Hellfire floor. Oh, no, it's great. So, so cool. cool. And Here, the guy who played the devil was amazing. Here's a fun thing about the guy who played the devil. I looked into it later. Uh, it was Tobin from the Walking Dead. Wow. Uh, Carol's love interest, like yeah. very soft-spoken, nice guy. Mm-hmm. They put him in a bunch of makeup, played Satan. Versatility. Yeah. Streep of a very violent television show. Yes. Oh. One other thing that we actually didn't talk about uh, in that episode is Satan's office, the outside. Yeah. The design was direct from the comic book. A bunch yeah. of folks were posting that afterwards. And th- th- those are those little Easter eggs we're talking about. It's always kind of neat. The scene itself... I don't even magical. Think, yeah, well, it's not in the comic book at all, mm-hmm. um, but it's nice that they put those touches in there. Yeah. Yes, cool. Back uh, to the show. Back to the show at hand. Uh, so there. So Hairstar is very invested in getting Jesse as the Messiah, but Hairstar I still. I don't think he's quite clear how messed up Genesis is, which is his whole yeah sort yeah. of reason for being the Messiah. So I feel like we're headed for some sort of confrontation there. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, on the other hand, we've talked about this a bit, and it's not totally clear exactly what's going on with Genesis, but if it is tied into Jesse's soul, Hairstar has the key there. He has a piece of Jesse's soul. Yes, and we did get to see that comment. Right. So he can give that back to Jesse and have everything that he needs. Right. Ooh. We think. Yeah, but we think we're not know that. sure though, because Genesis was a little messed up even before. Yeah, I still think there's a bit of uh, the old Spider Man two going on there. Yes, I know, which is what everyone is dying for. <laughs> <laughs> Spider Man two's great. Yeah. Sure. What? I've Come watched on, that guys. a couple times recently. Because uh, a my, couple of times, my my, my nephew is you haven't obsessed still with watched Ant Man. I did watch Ant Man and the Wasp. Really? Wow. Which is, well, wait, this, no, is time, not, yeah. this is not the time. <laughs> <laughs> we got to try. This is the time. Talk about Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just not the, all those Tobey Maguire movies, uh, Spider Man movies, compared to the. The, the current or Andrew ones? Garfield ones? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the current ones, the, the Andrew current. Garfield ones. No, that's okay. not. Oh, you're behind the times. I yeah, think. yeah. You mm-hmm. Spider Man Homecoming. Homecoming. So, uh, I haven't heard of it. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, anyway, man, I hope they can put Spider Man in the MCU. That would be awesome. <laughs> Bring in Andrew Garfield. <laughs> oh man, cool. Uh, 
So anyway, they're making a video. Hairstar's making a video to try to lure Jesse to come back. In the middle of this video, Cassidy's blind drunk. Um, he is taken by this new faction, which includes the woman he went on this date with. Right. Uh, the Children of Blood. And we that's the end, very end of the episode. And we don't know what's going to happen. Right. So let's well, jump back, though. That's not the very end. We get one more scene, which is Yes, we should uh, talk about the bulk of the episode, though, which yes. is Jesse in the coffin and what goes on with Tulip, Tulip and Grandma. And grandma. Um, basically, Jesse is in a coffin the entire time to the point where he starts hallucinating. He starts seeing John Wayne uh, in a black and white uh, cowboy, cowboy yeah. scene. Yeah. Um, here's what I took away from it. I'm curious to hear what you guys yeah. uh, uh, took from it. But I think when he goes there, I mean, I think it's pretty literally things are confusing. He doesn't know which way to go. So he needs to see things in clearly good and bad. He needs to see things in literal black and white. And that's why he's going to the scenes. That's what I took away from it. I don't know what your, I thought it was kind of his happy place when things get tough where he just it like seem like a happy place. Dude, sometimes you need a place where you have like an old school badass to give you advice about life, you know, and that's kind of where he kind of resets himself. See, for me, I thought it was like sort of the bad little boy personality that has splintered off from Jesse and that's like sitting inside his brain ready to come out at any time. There, there's part of that, and I don't know how much of this, again, is coming from the comics uh, versus the show, but he lost his dad, right? And he's, yeah. uh, um, he looked for solace in John Wayne movies in the movie theater. Yeah. We kind of already know that from uh, some of the stuff that he's touched on and talked about as a kid in the show. So I, I think maybe we're all right, you know, that he is trying to go back. So exciting. If yeah, all right. Well, but that he is going to that place. He is regressing to childhood when he relied on this John Wayne creature that he created in his head who replaced his dad. And it also yeah. feels like this is something he did when he was stuck in the coffin before. Like this right. is right. kind of his, I'm in the coffin. I'm going to go into this happy place. The yeah. voice is in his head. Right. But then he Same actually does. Yeah. Uh, he does take a different tact and tries to get out of it by blowing up the coffin. First time, does it unsuccessfully. He tries to MacGyver it with a cigarette. Doesn't quite work. Ends up flooding the coffin until he actually does do it, blows up the coffin and gets out. Right. Uh, meanwhile. Wait, hold wait, on, wait, hold wait, on, wait. Are you trying to say you don't have voices in your head? No, I do. It's you. <laughs> You're the voice in my head. Oh. You're my Tyler Durden. <laughs> People listen to this podcast only hear Alex and I speak. <laughs> You're not yeah, 100%. When, when we got rid of Dick Cheney, we never actually had anybody else come on. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's what weird great... I just found out I lived in your head this whole time. Yeah, it's big realization. Hey, could you give me a better apartment in your head, please? Because <laughs> yeah. the one I'm living in is a shit show. So I'll, fuck you. I'll try to. I feel like it helps fuel the angry personality uh, oh, that I have man, in there. I'm never going to get a nicer place. <laughs> yeah, it's only going to get worse. Uh, but let me just say about the coffin thing. Yeah. The whole time he was doing this cigarette and the whole scam, I was like, right. what is this? It's a MacGyver style. Don't, yeah, but it, doesn't, it didn't make any sense to me. That, and also when it exploded, how did that help him get out It without, without killing him? I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So there's that, gas coming in. Yes. So it, he clogged the hole, and so it, uh, back, it kind of backed up, and that gas was uh, it, running on this machine that exploded. So that explosion somehow released him from the coffin is all I could put together. By the way, uh, congratulations on your Netflix science show that you're doing, Bill Nye. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm very excited about that. 
Peter Page, the science rage. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not science guys. I don't know. I didn't know what he was doing the entire time, but when it happened, I was like, sure, that's maybe a thing that happens with gases. I thought yeah, it was cool. I just think e- either it didn't quite make sense that well, how it was working, and then when it did work, I didn't know how it blew up the coffin and didn't kill him also. If you are inside a coffin yeah. and the coffin this blows up, it can't kill you yeah. because mostly people are dead in there. So yeah. that's the way the coffins are built, yeah. that it can't kill the thing inside. So the safest yeah. place to be at any time is inside a coffin. 100%. Exactly. That's why vampires live forever. Uh, well, except for, you know. Oh, wow. The fact that you went back there after it was clearly a bad moment. Is... No, no, man. 9-11. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. You were the worst You're person ever. You're a fucking ever. weirdo. You're really pushing it. So, anyway, let's uh, <laughs> oh turn the God. corner once again. We've turned so many corners after Alex says something. We're actually <laughs> making an octagon uh, with our conversation. Uh, so, uh, Tulip is to find out where Jesse is. So she's alone. She's like, where's Jesse? We get, right. she, they're like, he's in timeout. And out. she's trying to bond with uh, Jody, who's kind of got her trapped. And yeah. she has some amazing kind of one-liners in there. Yeah, she's a fun sort of, uh, yeah, being trapped and she gets away. She uh, kicks his ass and somehow gets him locked up uh, yeah. pretty quickly. And she knows that she had to really release Jesse. She needs to kill Grandma. So... Did- uh, now, there's one saying that she said, I wanted to ask you guys if you thought it was true. Tulip said, worrying is for pussies. I thought that was a really amazing. Worrying? Worrying. 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 Oh, worrying. Yeah. I don't think that's true. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm not sure. Are you a little worried about it? It makes me a little nervous. Yeah, that yeah. means <laughs> no, you're a pussy. Oh, boy. <laughs> cool. Uh, so right as... Uh, Jesse escapes from the coffin um, right. and uh, Tulip escapes from her thing and they're confronting, she's confronting Grandma right when he bursts in. She kills Grandma and then she falls over dead. Right. As and well. then Jesse tries to save Tulip. Wrong. Or yeah, which is the wrong move. You got to save Grandma to save Tulip. So what the, uh, the flashback we get is we the way that um, uh, Grandma Marie brought uh, Tulip back to life was with some, some magic. Uh, but she also took some of Tulip's hair and fingernails yep. and ate them. That was so now they're bond. now they're bonded. Right. Yeah. As we all know, if you eat something, it becomes part of your body permanently. Yeah, that's why Pete is full of soup. Pete's <laughs> <laughs> uh, all soup at this point. Now, we also got another god uh, appearance here when yeah. Tulip dies, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, I know. Uh, anytime I see a uh, a human sex dog, it's really <laughs> great, and it doesn't remind me of <laughs> anything in my life. Good. Yeah, one hundred percent. But yeah, just so people they end up being tied oh, because of son that. of a bitch. They run back in. They realize that they need to revive Grandma to save Tulip, so they bring Grandma back to life. But she is very sick. She's not feeling very well, uh, and she you know, needs a soul. She needs a soul in order to feel better, and that's our last scene of the episode is all four of them sitting there looking at each other, realizing somebody needs to be that soul and them starting to fight. Now, my original thought was, okay, go get that lady, the voodoo lady who tried to kill Tulip. That to me is if you need a soul, get that lady. Or just anybody else. Anybody outside the room, you know? That's fucked up, guys. But I would just try, who could we, who could die and you'd be all right with? I mean, of us, of us who could die and you'd be all right with. Wow. Oh, wow. What a, sort of Sophie's choice. Yeah. I don't think I should answer that question. Legally, you're right. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, Pete, though. <laughs> it's uh, what's shitty is it's got to be me because I'm the only guy who doesn't have kids. So, that's oh nice. man, that's a nice way of thinking about it. Thanks, Pete. That's really yeah. nice. I just want you to take over as the uh, I don't want to say godfather, but how about weird uncle for my children? Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, just remember if you take over for my kids, yep. to boogie board them every day. <laughs> <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> Plus, Pete, if you die, who will keep the morning Chinese uh, soup business going? In yeah, Brooklyn? exactly. Uh, anything else to say about the episode, you guys? It was well, probably one of the greatest. I mean, all the fighting was just so glorious. It made me so happy. You loved how much fighting there was. See, this episode, to me, there was a lot of like odd things that happened uh, with the coffin stuff. But the, the way fighting. That, the fighting was fun. The way that Tulip got, the, uh, got Jody locked up, I feel like that happened off camera as well. So that was sort of weird for me. Yeah. There was a lot of back and forth. Just yeah. literal people running the two places and then back to places and two places and back to places. The stuff with Hair Har- Star was super fun, but didn't really connect to anything else. I think what I'm missing is theme, uh, beyond like the emotional resonance for these episodes this season is the thematic resonance. Like there doesn't necessarily seem to be a connection for most of the episodes. The tombs is probably the exception. That episode was very tightly written. It was very tightly constructed. It all made sense as an episode. This one, super fun stuff, but maybe I was missing it. I'm just not quite sure that it worked as an individual hour of television. Why can't we just have a fun episode, guys? Why does everything have to be so fucking perfect and tight and all that shit? Fuck you, man. I am just saying, I feel like, I don't know where the these episodes are going. It feels like stuff's happening, but it doesn't, I don't know what the point is. Yeah. For, it just feels like, oh, we're going to fight now. They're trying to get out from under grandma is what the point no, is. No, I definitely get that, but it doesn't feel like they're moving in a direction. It feels like they're just sort of well, stuck there, so they're like screwing life around. Life isn't always linear. It doesn't always work that way. No, mine's going in one direction. Great. Straight Congrats to the top. <laughs> Uh, I do think the the Grail stuff is really fun, and it does mm-hmm. feel very directed. So I like the Grail Cassidy stuff a lot. Yeah, and things are definitely building. They just had their panel at San Diego Comic-Con and talked about how they're ramping up the comic book stuff, not ramping down. So you're going to see a lot of stuff, I think, in the second half of the season that is going to ramp up the action, is going to ramp up the direction of where they're going, and that should be very exciting. That's the way my favorite ramps work is up. Yeah. Cool. Oh, nice. Smart. I like down because you get to kind of slide. Chill. Yeah. <laughs> Just stop using those feet for a little bit. Oh, you know man. what I'm talking about? You must about. be great at not worrying. If you like the show and other shows we do, support it at patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. at the Pit Loft in New York. Come on by. It's totally free. Pete, what else do you want to plug? Friend us on Facebook so you get to know about the amazing guests we have on our live show. Follow us on Twitter at Comic Book Live and uh, unfollowed at Dick Cheney. <laughs> uh, check us out at comicbookclublive.com. Also, we have a dedicated Twitter for this podcast at Men Preacher. Follow that. We put up pictures from the episodes. Uh, before the episodes happen, we put up uh, videos and some other stuff and whatever. <laughs> we'll talk about Preacher. And sometimes we live tweet the episodes if I have time. So there you go. Cool. Nice. Cool. And remember to watch Heathcliff. <laughs> Heathcliff. <laughs> Heathcliff. Yeah. Yep. It's a cartoon. I know. Heathcliff. Yep. Heathcliff. No one should yeah. terrorize your neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Wow. You know he uh, killed all the vampires. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good cat.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.